Nashville, formerly 33rd and Emerald, with the same old fantasy football talk. 12 degenerates from Oakland compete to be the champion. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? And we are live in the Fantasy Lounge. As always, Mikey Mack on the mic. To my right, the Commish Randy Hansen. And Season 5 of the Fantasy Lounge starts right now. It's going to be back. It's, it's almost like OJ's return to Twitter. We're coming in <laughs> slashing and dashing this year. It's awesome to finally be back. You know what? A long layoff for the boys. Long layoff. You know, this. what are we going to try to do this year? Are we going to try to get through a whole season without having meltdowns? Let's uh, that's give that's some consistent content to our viewers. Yeah, that's the word for me this year. It's going to be consistency, and I'm going to really try and, and, and dedicate at least a show a week, regardless of the ups and downs of the inevitable fantasy football season that I'm going to have. But I need to be better. And, you know, I just sometimes, I, you know, I, I get in my moods, and I have a hard time putting out the show because I don't feel good about myself, you know? Honestly, is this like the Cal Ripken season? Like the Iron Man, this is when you go on your streak. Your streak and never uh, never missing a game, never missing a week. Yeah, and I think so. And you know what the interesting thing is? Dave, you know, might not be around as much. You know, we're still going to try and get Dave on, but now he's got a different schedule. Now it makes more sense that me and Randy are doing it. Yeah, season five, the boys are back. The boys are back <laughs> in town, maybe. But we're going to try. I know people love listening to Dave. We're going to try and get Dave back as many times as possible. Might have a couple phone call-ins. Oh, you got it. We got it with Dave. Oh, man. So, Season 5, Fantasy Lounge, starting right now. A lot's gone on. A lot has changed. Uh, You know, we're going to try and do our best to get people prepared for their fantasy drafts in the upcoming weeks, in the upcoming months. Absolutely. It's only July 17th. Officially, I believe, 50 days to the Bears home opener versus Green Bay at home on Thursday night. Huge game after a huge letdown last season to start off the season on Sunday Night Football. But we're 50 games out. It's almost at that time of the season where everyone starts doing their research, start get the the juices flowing, do your mocks. You know what I mean? But that's just that just break down. A lot's happened over over the course of the off season. Yeah. You could say there's a lot of there's a lot of noise going around. And you know we brought this segment in last year. We call it a little you buying it. And, you know, we like to pay attention to the stars of the league and how it maybe their moods or how they're maybe, you know, some of the, um, I guess the, uh, what's the word here? Um, some of the uh, dynamics in the clubhouse, if you will, like how that might affect someone. So we like to call this a little you buying it. And the first thing, as you know, people have been talking about Melvin Gordon. He is not happy with his contract. He's on his last year's rookie deal and he wants to get paid. Jeff Diamond of the Sport News. And I quote, Melvin Gordon would be foolish to follow Le'Veon Bell's path. Are you buying Jeff Diamond's opinion? I'm extremely worried. Right now, we, we got Melvin Gordon going as the six overall running back, number six in a PPR uh, rankings right now. And I'm all in on Melvin Gordon's production. Honestly, that's, that's the way I feel. I feel it's a big season for Melvin Gordon, especially coming after the Chargers had a huge playoff push last year and they were looking good. But... I, you saw in that documentary with Melvin Gordon's like, hey, I feel Le'Veon Bell on that for sitting out. It was an ESPN doc. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. a 30 for 30, but it was one of those like... They were following him around a little bit, and uh, it was like him on the couch eating, and I think his dad said something about Le'Veon, and he's like, he's not playing. He shouldn't come back either. 
And so that was kind of interesting. Like my thing is like Chargers, what 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 kind of precedents are you setting that this is an in-house guy, a drafted guy. I know running back position like you, it's plug and chug as you go uh, for the line of NFL is we we're moving on and we're more developing a pass happy league, but Melvin Gordon gets in the end zone. The guy since college always gets in the end zone. Pay the dude. You got Philip Rivers about to be done. He's got a couple years left. This is the last kind of like two or three seasons where they're deep and make a playoff push with Phil, uh, with that healthy Philip Rivers. Pay the guy. I know you're in a new stadium. He's he brings in some some fans, some asses in the seats. Pay the man. Pay the man his money. Yeah, it's a good point. You bring up you know their window could be this could be our their last year in the window depending on how long Rivers wants to play and stuff. You know Melvin Gordon missed four games last year and was still top eight fantasy running back. And so, you know what, I think maybe, you know, the Chargers, they like what they saw out of Jackson. They think Eckler, you know, is a nice change of pace guy. But I'm a little disappointed. I think they should pay him. Um, and, and, you know, I, I disagree. I'm not buying with, uh, you know, some of these reporters. I think it's dumb for him to hold out or think it's dumb not to go to Le'Veon Bell route. Because you can't compare the two. It's a completely different situation because Le'Veon Bell was franchise tagged. And he left, uh, not a lot of money, but... Uh, a lot of money, maybe football standards, at twelve to fourteen million on the table to try and get a longer deal, and it turns out maybe he he that would have been a mistake. Melvin Gordon's lined up to make about five point six million. If he holds out, he's going to get paid next year. Um, I don't think I don't think it's a bad move by him. I actually like what he's doing, and I think it makes a lot of sense. I do too, because it's all about the guaranteed contract. Honestly, you're going in the last year of your deals. You're looking to get that guaranteed contract. Pay the guy. He's played. He's he's out there. The only gripe I have for that is with the Chargers, they had a lot of problems filling that stadium last year. They lost a lot of fans moving from San Diego up to L.A., and they're playing second fiddle to the Rams. I understand maybe going forward, they think, but at this, maybe they could think like, hey, this is a big contract. We might have to eat it if we don't have the fans there. But at the same time, look at the – you all share the the – how would you say it? Profit sharing? Yeah, profit sharing. It's combined through the whole NFL. Mm-hmm. So you're still going to get paid. You're a multi-billion dollar company. You're going to get paid. So just pay the man. Yeah, and I mean, look, 14 touchdowns in 12 games. I mean, the dude's a scoring machine. He averaged 5.1 yards a clip. I mean, I just don't understand it with this guy. I mean, it, he's going to want David Johnson, Todd Gurley, tie money. Maybe you don't want to pay that. He is 26 right now. But at the same time, you're going to get at least three more years of his prime. Um, yeah, so let's hopefully they pay the man. They got to pay the man. Um, now, let's move on to one of my favorite guys in the NFL. He's a, quite the uh, enigma, if you will. Um, Aaron Rodgers. You know, there were some talks that he wasn't too happy with some, of the, uh, with some of the possible play call or some of the possible system, if you will, um, by Matt LeFeur. But Oh, is that your French? You speak yeah, French now? French. But recent quote, Aaron Rodgers, and I quote, I'm excited about it. The most important thing about change is to embrace it. Are you buying all of a sudden the the happy-go-lucky attitude from Aaron Rodgers on his coach, man? Absolutely not. I, I, Aaron Rodgers never happened to me. He just never seems happy. Here's one thing. The, he pushes out Mike McCarthy, and then he's not even in the room to make the next coaching decision. So they hire Matt LaFleur, and Tennessee, he was offensive coordinator for Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans offense last year under Matt LaFleur got worse than the year before. Marcus Mariota looked lost. There was a terrible offense besides Derrick Henry going off the last four games of the season rushing-wise. But passing-wise, it was horrific. The main concern I heard about was two things. One, Aaron Rodgers, like midway through, what was it, like March, April? Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, we haven't sat down and 
actually, he hasn't sat down and met Matt LaFleur yet. Oh, red flag. Red flag. Huge red flag. Then again, uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't hang out with his family, so. True. You know what I mean? But you, you can't, you can pick your nose, not your family. You, and he didn't <laughs> pick Matt LaFleur. Anyways, the second thing is Matt LaFleur's offense, he said, is they do not call audibles. He doesn't let the quarterback, the quarterback make uh, adjustments at the line. Well, from what I, yeah, similar. So they get, he gets two plays. He has to pick one or the other. From what he, from what Matt LaFleur is used to. I hate, I to. hate Aaron Rodgers with a passion, but I respect his game. You're not going to let Aaron Rodgers dictate the offense at the line. You're yeah. only giving two plays, and if he sees something different, he has to go with what you're calling. Uh, that's, that's already power struggle you don't need going into preseason. I mean, if you followed the fantasy lines last year, you know my chronic. My, you you have you know I have detailed and I chronicled my issues with the the Packers offense last year, and it was amazing to watch. Any time that they were a no huddle, he was just picking apart teams. Any time they made it, you know McCarthy made him huddle. It was just it. The faster he goes, the better the offense is. And so I, taking away a little of his. Um, you know, what can I say? His expertise. Moxie, yeah, Moxie. Little, taking a little bit of his authority in the offense could be a bad thing. But he says he's open to change. But I'm not I'm not completely buying it. Um, we'll see, though. I, I, let's see, let's just, see when training camp starts. No, that's just noise to me. You got you got Right now, you're going to training, training camp. You have to be saying the right things. True. You, you don't need bullet board material. So. True. And he's been getting knocked in the past like, couple years, specifically from past teammates, about how he's not a good he's, leader, he's, not a good teammate. He's still the scariest guy with a ball in his hand with two minutes left in the game. In the game, uh, in the NFL. I agree. All right. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Now, uh, Rob Gronkowski, a recent uh, headline, 40% chance that he returns this season. Are you buying Gronk uh, coming back at all this year? That's actually a good question. I know everyone's like take is like oh sixty nine percent he comes back for for Gronk, but the main thing if you look at any of his pictures on Instagram or any of his, uh, he's been living his life of course why wouldn't you after retirement but dude hasn't lifted at all he's looking super skinny but at the same time like if you get Gronk back at week eight or week you know what I mean or whatever that if they need him as a necessity as a pass catcher since really all you got is Julian Edelman and uh, mishmash. Of wide receivers, you got like Demarius Thomas, Josh Gordon still yeah, failing drug test. Yeah, I don't think bad. Demarius Thomas is going to make the roster. They drafted a wide receiver, but I mean, there's going to be a lot of pass catching out there. I don't know what that offense is going to be, and uh, if anyone's going to turn around and the Patriots and can redefine themselves after a year, it's them. But uh, I don't think we've seen the last of Gronk. That's what I'm going to say. I don't. I can't give you a percentage, but I don't think we've seen Gronk play football for the last time. Um, I agree. I know the issue to me maybe is like the red zone. Maybe they're going to have trouble, you know, getting, um, capitalizing when they're in the red zone because teams aren't going to have to respect maybe, um, that, that Gronk factor. And so I could see maybe him coming back, like you said, eight, nine, ten, And just for like a, a standpoint, like their specific packages, okay, this is how we're going to use you. But the fact that it's about 40% right now lets me know that he, he's still interested. Like, it's still wetting his beak a little bit to think about coming back and being on this team. Because, you know, really, realistically, that division, they're going to win for probably 10, 11 games again, and they're going to make the playoffs. You really don't need him probably at the start of the season. So I think, you know, the 40% is interesting because if he didn't really want to come back, then it would just be at zero. And the only thing that uh, keep your ears open to is uh, Bill Belichick already said that they'd love to have him back at any time. You know what I mean? And that says a lot. So that page hasn't fully turned. 
I mean, I'm looking at the depth chart right now for New England, and all, all they got is Ben Ben Watson that came out of retirement as well, and he suspended the first two games. Yeah, four. I think it's I think it's four, right? Yeah. Didn't he it was it substance, three, maybe? substance abuse. Yeah, I could look that up. But, um, but my point is, I'm not really seeing a lot of red zone threats here, and so I know they like to run the ball a lot in the red zone, but I mean, uh, right now they have, Roto World has. Um, Nikhil Harry is their number one receiver. Who That's uh, the guy they drafted. Yeah, at Arizona State. And so I guess he's 6'4". I mean, I don't know. I guess my concern is they might need Gronk in the red zone. And if, if the price is right, why not? I think uh, it's going to be a very, very run-heavy offense coming in this year. I, I think it Especially makes sense. Especially with some cupcakes at the first six games of the year for them. Um, okay, here's one, kind of one that kind of hits, not hits home to me, but it kind of annoys me. Baker Mayfield. Talk to good old Mina Kimes, Mina Kimes, who I think is somewhat attractive. Oh, okay. We're just throwing that anyway, out there. Uh, he, he's very defensive of uh, Odell Beckham. It's like his boy now. Um, and I quote to Mina Kimes, um, talking about the fans in the Giants, you know, he was here to play for in front of fans who actually care, who actually show up to every game at Pack the Stadium and love, for him, and love him for who he is. A direct quote. Knocking the Giants fans, knocking the organization. Are you buying that the Giants organization, Giants fan, didn't support Odell in his time in New York? Not a chance. I mean, what, what was their like record when he they went on that boat trip after they made the first round? They made the first playoffs. Oh, the Miami trip. Yeah, the Miami trip. Yeah, not where, good. Where like Sterling Shepard and ODB had like blunts in their hands and shit. The Uggs on the Uggs on the Uggs, Uggs on the boat. Yeah. And it was like midweek when they had games that weekend, but. I, I don't buy it whatsoever. Here's here's my main thing that goes about Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. Way too much noise. Too much noise coming out. Of I, I don't I, like it. You don't of successful teams that are going to make the playoffs. You don't hear that much noise. Everyone that makes a lot of noise is like they never pan out. They're not playoff teams. Like if you named right now the, the top four teams that makes making the most noise, I I don't even think they're playoff teams. You got Oakland with all the acquisitions they've had. With a with a yeah. b and they're gonna move to uh, Las Vegas yeah and that's just way too much noise for them. Dallas a lot of noise coming out um, with those Zeke. E- even though I think Dallas, I think Dallas, I take that back. I do think Dallas is gonna be good this year. I think I think, but, I think they're a playoff team. Okay. But then you got the Jets. I don't think the Jets are a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Okay, I agree. Keep going. Then you got like I said before, Cleveland, mm-hmm. and then I would say maybe the Dolphins. Some noise about the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, I, I get your point, though. The more distractions, the more... Like, the whole thing with Duke Johnson, like, it mystifies me. Baker, all you have to do is be like, I support Duke Johnson, um, and that's that. But it's his contract, it's his situation, but I support... Bang. But you had to make a huge deal about it that some say is kind of already tearing up the locker room a little bit. Now, who knows? Maybe they squash already. But it is a lot of noise for me. And again, they're not good enough yet. They haven't done anything to warrant the amount of noise. Absolutely. When when you talk about them beating up on the Giants fan, I think that trade just based on ODB's athletic performance was a stupid trade. So you have a wide receiver. You just signed a max deal. Mm-hmm. You just paid him all this money. That you that's a building block for your organization going forward. But and we're and we're ripping on Cleveland pretty hard. But I'm gonna just give some stats just for those Cleveland fans at home because we might have some like. Who who would be in our league? You would say to someone like Dave is going to say he's like a Cleveland fan. All of a sudden, maybe maybe something Andy, like that. I can Andy, see Andy, 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 situation. He bought a Baker yeah, Mayfield Bayfield, jersey, probably. Oh yeah, he's probably got old Doe bobblehead sitting on his nightstand. Right but now. the only good thing to think about is this: in two thousand fourteen, Eli 
this is the first year he had Beckham. Mm-hmm. Scored 99.2 more fantasy points than the year before. That's, I, th- I think Odell that's Odell the, Od- the Odell effect. Okay. Okay. Banker last year was ranked 11th in, in TD rate in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think that jumps up high. Baker can be fantasy-wise because it's a fantasy football podcast. Baker, I think, could be a top seven, top six quarterback this year. It's high. Uh, top ten for sure. I know he was, you know, in that range last year. Yeah, he was. He was on the bubble. Yeah, on the bubble. Okay. Yeah. No, I I'm, I get that. Yeah, I, th- sure. I think he makes. I think he makes a strategy. With Freddie Kitchens whipping with it the, up. Yeah, with Landry and and Joku and Joku and Cream Hunt never comes back, but you still got Chubb and Duke th- Johnson. Yeah, Duke Johnson. If they even want to let him. No, play. the weapons are there. Yeah. I agree, and the defense is young and athletic and gets after it. No, I mean they got the makings for all, but. Let me see it first before we start having this off season where you just rip it other teams. Just, and, go ahead. Yeah, let let your play do the talking. That's exactly. what that's what we need and, right now. And I'm not buying it from the standpoint if they didn't. First of all, they shouldn't. They should have. They should have stopped supporting Odell when the whole thing about the the Domino's pizza and him ripping uh, lines off some girl's back. That should have been strike one. The whole sideline antics where like he's getting fights with the net and stuff like that. It was always about him, bro. And. They did support him because they gave him that money. If they didn't support him, they wouldn't have paid him. And so Baker, like, stop trying. Like, I, I, I like the edge on the show. Like the edge on chip, the show. Big chip, to, big yeah, chip. I get it. But it's just like not everything has to be like a fight, dude. The same thing with, like him and Cowherd. You like him and Colin Cowherd keep going back and forth about stuff. Just like, can you just let it go a little bit? Now, I, I like the the I like the intensity, but at the same time, like. Don't waste energy on stuff that doesn't need to be wasted. Absolutely. Okay. As long as he doesn't have any burner accounts, I think he'll be okay. All right. Now, that was buying it. Good, good, good talk. Yeah, we're, we're, we're diving in already. We're diving, we're diving in already. Now, people at home, I want you to break out the egg rolls because we're going to get a little sweet and sour on you. Now, we're going to highlight the NFC North here, and we're going to talk about guys that were sweet on and were sour. People we like, people we don't like heading into this fantasy season. Now, I'm gonna start. We're gonna start with people we're sweet on, and I'm gonna kick things off first. And it's you know I'm not a homer here because I'm on record. I'm more of a fantasy fan than a Bears fan, but I am sweet on a Bears receiver. His name is Allen Robinson. Now, here's why I'm sweet on him. Only 55 receptions last year. I truly think Mitch Trubisky takes a step forward, and that number shoots up without a doubt. What I really liked about Allen Robinson playoff game. When it mattered most, went for 10, 10 catches, 140 yards, and a tutty against Philly in the playoffs. I'm expecting anywhere from 75 to 80 receptions, and I think Allen Robinson is going to creep into that top 16 fantasy receiver range. I'm so sweet on Allen Robinson. So you're saying like 1,200 yards and maybe like 6 to 8 TDs? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I could buy it. You know what, Allen Allen Robinson coming off the ACL injury last year, coming into the season. You know, he's got a full year of being healthy. He was kind of banged up a little last year, had some games on and off, but they were winning, so they kind of set him out when the games they didn't need to. True. But I could I could see that definitely for Allen Robinson. I think it's a big bounce back year. I think Miller also can pop up for them. I'm interested to see where that offense takes with another year of maturation for Mitch. I think his Mitch is like the – Key to the Bears season this year. All right, you know what you're going to get from your defense is going to be top five. You you know offensive line is going to play well. You know I think Matt Nagy if they if they sit back let Mitch make the, air it out more and then trust Mitch with the game. 
I think there's a lot of fantasy relevant players on that offense. Yeah, I mean, and just for like just for record, I mean, there was nine games last year. He only played thirteen. Nine games in the regular season where he had over seven, seven or more targets. So the volume is there. Um, I, I, I just I'm sweet on him. I think he's a little undervalued right now. I think you could bank on him having a bounce back year. All right, should I go next one that I'm sweet on? You want to you want to throw let, some let, let, let me sweet hop in sauce with on let me, the let me hop in with someone that handles the rock. All right? Okay, sure, yeah. Next guy I got is Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook, finally he's coming this season healthy, and I think that's huge for his productivity. The first two seasons he was beat up. He only played a total of 15 games his first two seasons, but now with the top tier O line. And a coach that wants to run the ball, I think that's a lot of opportunity for Delvin Cook. You got Noel Latavius Murray. They drafted some running backs, but those are just rookies, I think, fillers. With Delvin Cook handing the lion's share of that offense, I think that's a huge, I think, a top six running back. Right now, right now his current ADP is 11, 21 over. He's the 11th ranked running back, uh, according to ESPN right now, in mock drafts and 21 overall. I think he creeps in almost the top six range. I think this is the year. This is year three of Delvin Cook. I think he's healthy. They run the ball a lot. I think it's a huge opportunity for for Delvin Cook. You know what I like about the Cook situation is that Cousins is capable enough to make people relevant. And 40 receptions last year from Cook, kind of sneaky in 11 games. Look, at he's averaging his career. I know it's two seasons. I know he's only played 15 games. But he's averaged 4.7 yards a clip. Anything over 4.5 is what you want to see. And they revamped that offensive line. It's, it's a good offensive line. It's, it's steady. I got some numbers on Cousins that we're going to get to in a little bit. But, I, you know, I like what you're talking about. I was on record last year that, as my bold prediction, Dalvin Cook was going to lead the league in rushing. Um, that did not happen. But I am still high on Cook. I think if healthy, that offense is good enough to highlight some of his strengths. And also not a slouch out of the backfield. He can catch the ball in the backfield. So we like to see that. Now, I'm going to go back. I'm a receiver guy. You know this. I like. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk about a guy that was also hurt last year, that had a great start of the year. That I think ha- I'm super sweet on. Geronimo Allison, in five games last year, twenty receptions, over three hundred yards, two tutties, averaged fifteen point six fantasy fantasy points a game in five games. Having pretty much watched every single snap that the Green Bay Packers had on offense last year, I can tell you that I noticed. S- a little bit of a change when he went down. Now, Devontae Adams is great. Don't get me wrong. But a healthy Geronimo Allison, who has proven that he already has the trust of Aaron Rodgers, I think makes sense. The The Packers already said he's going to be healthy by training camp. There wasn't some trust issues with Valdez Scantling. If you look at his targets per um, reception, they were not good. Um, they had a hard time connecting. I don't think St. Brown's the answer. I know they have uh, Cameroon. But... I like Geronimo Allison as a guy that you could probably get, what, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th round? Yeah, right now. I can as a guy that MVP. you could feel pretty good on, I think, going to be having an even a better offensive year uh, in the Packers' offense. I like Allison a lot. I think whoever takes over that role for Green Bay, right now they got uh, him. He is... I mean, it's, it's going to be deep down there. Yeah, right now he's... The 48th ranked uh, wide receiver, 107 overall. Skandrick's right behind him. So in a 12-team uh, league, like that's your bench. That's yeah. your wide receiver four or five. I think whoever takes over that role as a wide receiver two, I think Green Bay's offense, they got a cupcake schedule this year, is has huge fantasy value. Um, Marquez Valdez Skandrick, a little side note, has been working out Randy Moss this offseason. So that's something, to, that's something to keep an eye on. 
on his maturation. Um, right, let's just go right back with the Packers. I think Devontae Adams. Right, right. What's not to love about Devontae? I know, I know. Just he's right now ranked the number one wide receiver in fantasy. Uh, not based on points, but overall on his projections yeah. this year. He's had three plus years already of ten or more TDs. A healthy Rodgers. Here's an interesting stat: when Aaron Rodgers has been healthy. The number one wide receiver in Aaron Rodgers' offense has been a top 10 player in fantasy. So that's something to keep. If Rodgers is healthy, whoever their number one is, is is the guy, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, come on now. I mean, give me, I, I want all the stack. Give me all the stock on uh, Devontae Adams. And, you know, I think he's somewhat underrated, undervalued. Like, because I don't know, someone about him, he's like, maybe because he plays in Green Bay, maybe because he's not as flashy as some of these guys. But I guarantee you, if, if you ask, like, a random fantasy football player, give me your top five receivers. I bet maybe 50, 60, 7% of people will probably leave Devontae Adams out. Now, just touching on Veldas Scantling real quick, him and Rodgers only uh, connect on 52% of their targets. That's low. You know, you, you kind of want it up in that 60, 65, 70% range. And so I really do think we're touching back on Allison real quick and Devontae because we're going to talk about Jimmy Graham in a second. I think both those guys, whew, I think they could be monsters this year, absolute monsters. Um, I'm going to go to the quarterback position. Someone that had a, a, a crazy down year. I'm not saying go out and, and, and this is going to be your starting quarterback, um, but Matthew Stafford last year was his worst year um, since 2012. Lowest TDs, first time since 2010 that didn't throw for 4,000 yards. I'm banking on Matthew Stafford. I'm banking on the Lions being better too, but I'm banking on Matthew Stafford having a better year. Now, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that he's going to be a top five quarterback, but what I am saying is that I'm expecting almost 30 touchdowns. I'm expecting someone to be more efficient. I'm expecting 4,200 yards uh, passing. I'm looking for Stafford to have a bounce back year and a guy that you could have as your number quarterback two feeling good to spot start him on situations if your guy's on a bye or a matchup that you really like. Yeah, like right now, like he's in that tier with Sam Darnold, Jimmy G, Josh Allen, Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, and there goes Mariota, Andy Dalton. You know what I mean? That's he's got that he's got that sneaky capability of making his way up to like top fifteen. Absolutely, for me, especially with the defense, their defense did get better because you, of course, you got Slay and they got better with some pass rushers this year. But it's still the Lions; they're always going to be down, and they're always going to be airing it out in the second half. And that's a lot of fancy value, mm-hmm. especially with a guy I'm about to throw that I think is going to have a huge year this year. That's Gallagher's dude is Kenny Galladay. Oh, okay, sure, it's a little combo. Yeah, I, I like the combo with Kenny Galladay. You want me to just dive right into yeah, Kenny? Go, or, go, absolutely. Go, yeah. Last year, Kenny Galladay had 70 receptions for 163 yards and five TDs. He only played, let's see, 15 out of the last 16 games mm-hmm. last year. So almost so, the whole season. Almost the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> but the year before, he only played five. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's year three, and I think it's a big year three for an offense that I think is going to kind of pick up a little bit. There's talks about the camps, too. Marvin Jones, like, is he on the way out? Is he kind of losing favor? They did bring in Amendola, who's a nice little, you know, as a replacement for Golden Tate. Um, and, again, Stafford last year was 19th, the 19th best quarterback in fantasy, which is not to his standards, not good. Um, so, again, to touch on Galladay, if you're banking, which I think it's safe to say that I'm banking on a bounce back year from Stafford, um, get out of here. Thank you. A.J. Reid, home run. Um, but I'm banking on a bounce back year from Stafford, so we're looking at a situation where that's going to – that means Galladay is going to be 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, we talked about a lot of people we're sweet on. But also there's guys that maybe were a little sour. I'm going to kick it off here. Um, and again, I, I started with the Bears player, and I'm going to start the sour section with the Bears player. Uh, Tariq Cohen. I do not think what he did last year was sustainable. He was 11th best uh, running back last year in fantasy, um, PPR. Nine total touchdowns and 71 catches. That's a lot of volume. On, his, on a team last year that struggled to find sources to catch the ball. Yeah, I would say that. So, a couple reasons. Number one, it's not, I don't think him getting in the end zone nine times is something that's going to happen. Um, I got two reasons, though. David Montgomery is just the talk of the town right now. Flying if, up draft if, you, if you're looking, If you're looking at these uh, OTAs, um, now one negative thing is going on about Dave Montgomery. I guess he's torching the defense in, in these OTAs. I guess, you know, Nagy cannot stop ranting and raving about how great of a route runner he is. That's interesting he says that because if you remember last year, Jordan Howard, was he a route runner? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I think without a doubt, Dave Montgomery is going to cut into – the volume of three cone. I think Dave Montgomery is going to be ever down back, but I do think there's fantasy value for Tariq Cohen. And I do think he's he would be a middle-of-pack RB2. Sure. My thing is... Based on big playability. He's, I, a, he's a lot of... I think he would be a lot of that guy that... He's almost like, to me, is like uh, Deshaun Jackson when you start him. You know what I mean? Very low, low floor, high ceiling kind yeah. of deal. You okay, I mean? sure. You know I mean, a spot starts yeah, king to, yeah, to, to win hot you cold, a week. Hot yeah, cold. hot and cold. My thing is, and, you know, I, I love Nagy, don't get me wrong, but I think the two knocks on Nagy last year, and I don't mean to speak ill of the man because I think he's a great coach, but the two knocks on him where I thought he was a little, sometimes he was a little too gimmicky, a little too, yeah. uh, you know, razzle-dazzle. And then the second knock is he didn't run Jordan Howard enough. He didn't use him enough. A couple reasons, maybe. Obviously, he didn't trust Jordan Howard in the pass game or pass protection on third downs because we saw a lot of Benny frickin' Cunningham on third downs, which was uh, egregious. And I think the second thing is just that's not his type of back. David Montgomery is his type of back. And so because of of that, I think Cohen's uh, volume drops. And also, I think the addition of Cordell Patterson, they're obviously going to do some gimmicky stuff with him that's going to take away some... Some some snaps or some some plays for Cohen. Agree, disagree. What do you think? I, I, I do, and I'm I'm interested to see what the what the deal is with Cordell Patterson, um, yep. with the acquisition of him because I think that Nagy's going to try to get him a lot of the same opportunities that Cohen got coming out of the backfield, so that could eat yeah. into it as well. So, so that's exactly what I just said, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say Cordell Patterson? Yeah, I literally just said I was, that. I was spacing out in the Sox game, my fault. Oh, my God. All right, um, another guy. Or do you want to go sour? Go ahead. Go sour? Yeah, I'll go sour. Go, I, thanks. Are you repeat uh, what I'll I give it up to you, bro. Are you going to repeat I'm, what I'm I said? I'm out here serving addition out here. Okay. Call me. Hot, hot takes only. <laughs> yeah, call me. All right. Chris Dunn out here. <laughs> Jesus. My guy's uh, Adam Thielen. I'm I'm a huge Adam Thielen fan. But no, are, I, you just, here, are you just saying that so people don't draft him so you can draft him again? I know. He's been on my team the last like three years. Yeah. But I think he does take a step back. I don't think he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver like he's, he has been the last two years. Um, here's the thing. Guys last year started out eight straight games. NFL record, by the way. Eight straight games of 100-plus uh, receiving yards. Just on fire. On fire. But after that week, in the remaining weeks, he only had one – 
100-yard receiving game, and he was only averaging approximately about four catches. That's when that offense flipped because, you know, our Vikings were struggling at that time, and they went to a more run-dominant offense. So I'm interested to see what kind of offense they have at the beginning of the season again, especially we got Diggs there as well, eating into his targets. But they did a good job switching up last year. But if they're going to be pounding the ball like they were last year at the end of the season, it it could be take some fancy value away from Adam I think, I think somewhat misleading, I will say this. Their defense was not as good last year. And so they were playing behind a lot. And I think their offense became sometimes one-dimensional. And so now all of a sudden, you were talking about them trying to establish a run, which they did try and do. But in games when they were, they were getting blown out at the end of the year. And on games like that, it was like, okay, let's just key on Thielen and Diggs. Because and, Rudolph was a non-factor. They weren't getting much out of the backfield. Um, I do like, I do, get over his head. Uh, it's a ball game, folks. Sox 0-6, coming out of the break. But I do think that Thielen obviously still has a ton of a top 15, without a doubt, right? Now, his his passing mate. We're talking Kirk Cousins here. I'm sounding Kirk Cousins, right? Um, Kirk Cousins was top 12 fantasy quarterback last year. Um, but... I think some of the stuff was not sustainable, and I think like we were talking about, they're going to try and work in more on uh, a running game, and here's why, right? Last year, they were 27th in rushing attempts. They were 30 in total rushing yards, so their running game was non-existent, right? On the flip side of that, Cousins was 4th in attempts. He actually you know, threw the ball at 70% clip, which is amazing, but... They're going to dial that back because they need more stability in their offense. They need more, um, you know, yeah, they need more stability. And so my thing is, because of that, I don't see Cousins having the type of year that he had last year with all the volume and stuff like that. So I think he takes a step back, maybe outside the top 12, or people might think he might be a top 8 guy. I'm curious on the rankings right there, but I, I, I don't see him being in the top 10. Um, I actually even would, would argue that, you know, you could you could maybe make the case right now that I'd take Stafford right now over Cousins. That might sound crazy, but I just think the regress of Cousins and I think Stafford returns to his normal form. Yeah, right now Cousins ranked twentieth, like we said before. Stafford's oh, wow. ranked twenty five. Oh wow. Um Cousins is around that same area as like James Winston, Lamar Jackson, Sam Darnold. Ooh. So that's it's kinda interesting. I mean that's some it, it's it's some value, I think, for where he's going right now. Yeah, okay. But at the, at the same time, after the struggles of last year, especially Kirk Cousins against um, teams with over 500 records, is like, what is his record? Is un, unreal I mean, they, how bad he is. I mean, the Bears just you know, get the, the the break speed off him against good teams. But I think he has some fantasy value. But I think, honestly, he might be the third to fourth ranked QB in the division. Yeah, because I take Mitch and obviously Rodgers over him. That's yeah. fair. And again, like you know, quarterback two, and or maybe a spot start here or there. But I just don't. And there's gonna be games where he has where he puts up thirty five, forty fantasy points. But I just don't think that Mike Zimmer is gonna keep doing what he's been doing. They're gonna start running the ball more. Like you talked about the offensive line, Delvin Cook is gonna be healthy. They're gonna run Delvin Cook. Um, so I'm just expecting a, a regress from Cousins. From not, you know, he's a top twelve. I don't see that happening this year. Let's play a little name game real quick with Kirk Cousins since we're beating him like a drum. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Kirk Cousins. Who would you rather have, him or Lamar Jackson, starting quarterback? Cousins. Him or James Winston. Cousins. Him or Tom Brady. Brady. Him or Kyler Murray. 
Kyler probably. Okay. So that's he's he's right around the same ranking. Yep. So it's, as you okay. said before, you just want to put him before Jameis. All right. Here's another person I'm sour about. I could do a commissioner's corner on this sour grapes I got on this right now. We're officially July 17th, like we stated before. Mid-July. Almost to the end. 50 days away from opening day. Bears still still don't have a kicker. True. What are we doing? I mean, there's like five... We, don't they have five kickers or something? We, br- we're bringing in multiple kickers in a camp, and I just don't feel confident. This is... Was as you could tell the double doink that ruined us last year. This is a huge part of our our team that costs us uh, a farther run in the playoffs, and we still don't have it figured out. I think everything else is pretty much figured out in that team, besides our kicker. And Ooh, yeah, right now they have on Roto World Elliot Fry and Eddie Panario. I mean, we can we can all day just wait around for hopefully Robbie Gold's return, even though he just signed a contract. Four with the years, 49ers. good for Robbie, man. Yeah, got good paid. for him. He got paid. We should never let him go to begin with. But this this is something to keep our eye on going forward, especially when preseason games when we got guys doinking and not making field goals. I do not want going to week one where we're still playing like kicker by commission out here. Can we can we just talk real quick on like I agree hundred percent, and you know I I was from the beginning. I never liked Cody Parkey. You could see in his eyes the dude didn't have what it took to hit the big time. He had no onions, dude. Had no onions. But can we just take a step back and, like, why does everybody hate on Mr. Trubisky? Oh, can we just take – can we just – like, in his – like, like in his second year, right, and he only played 14 games, 67% completion, 3,200 yards, not to mention what he did in the running game, which was pretty remarkable. You know, he had 27 total touchdowns. Like what? What are we missing on the the media hatred for Mr. Trubisky? Um, I don't. I don't know, man. Dude, dude runs the ball like Cam to me, bro. Dude, he's a great runner. I I guess I I'm sorry. I'm just looking at his stats. and I'm like, if he 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 was where he was very first read dependent last year. True, I agree. That, so that's what I said. But at the same time, I think the maturation of Mitch would have been a lot different if Cody Parkey hits that field goal. True, we're talking about a whole different way because he Dude, let us down that drive. Yeah, they're, they're minute thirty left, and he let us a game winning drive, just a forty three yarder, and we just shanked it. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess if he played a full, if he played a full season, I mean, he could be knocking on the door of a four thousand yard passing season. I'm just saying, and then not to mention, you know, for you know, the rushes. I mean, the rushes that he had. I, I don't know. I guess I'm sorry. I was just looking. I'm like, I know. I'm on. I'm on record earlier. I said this season for the Bears comes and goes with the uh, play of Mitchabisky. Yeah, I mean. So we'll see. You could be the a t- fantasy juggernaut, yeah, bro. Yeah. I, I, I honestly like going in the season as a Bears fan with everyone hating on a guy instead of pumping him up. So I think it works, makes you work harder. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Now, one last guy that I'm sour on, and I, you know, and there's a lot of reasons I'm going to break it down for you, but Jimmy Graham. I just think the dude's washed in general. Tr- trash. Trash. Yeah. So he was. And so, but the thing is, though, this is why this is why I'm throwing this out to you guys because there's going to be people in your draft. That's going to see Jimmy Graham's like, oh, old name, old name. Oh, good old name, and you're going to draft him in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Don't do it, right? Here's why. This past year, when there was really no options for Rodgers, after Allison goes down, you had Devontae Adams, and then who else? Jimmy Graham, worst season, played all 16 games, worst season since 2015. And in 2015, he only played 11 games. Lowest in targets, lowest in receptions, lowest in TDs, lowest in yards. He only had, he let he averaged less than forty yards a game last year. 
So my question to you is, with Allison Beck, with Devontae Adams being arguably top three best receiver in the league, with Valdez Scanlon working out Randy Moss, with St. Brown still there, with a pretty good running back by committee type situation, they got Cameroon guy there. I don't know how to say his name, the white guy. My point is, what makes people think, or why would you think Jimmy Graham is going to have a better year than he had last year with no options? I'm not. I'm not. Uh, Jimmy Graham's like, uh, maybe just take a flyer after you, you get a top 10 guy. He had two touchdowns last year. Couldn't connect in the red zone. So I guess I'm just warning people, I'm super sour on Jimmy Graham, even though I was super high on him last year. I'm super sour. The dude's just washed up. I was looking at some of his numbers uh, in New Orleans, and it was just ridiculous how many targets. Like 140 targets for a tight end in multiple years. Like he would... Sean Payton wore him out a little bit. But it just it doesn't look good for Jimmy Graham. At, at the back end of the tight end rankings right now, it's like the old names of like 2015. Who we got? So I'm just going to give it to you and name one that you want on your team. Okay. I think, I think I know who. Greg Olson, Kyle Rudolph, Jordan Reed, Jimmy Graham, Tyler Eifert. Give me Jordan Reed. Just did whole Jordan Reed, stop. We know my Olsen. feelings on Jordan Reed. We're going to say Olsen, right? I think Olsen. Give me Jordan Reed with the hopes that he's healthy. It's just like beat up tight ends from years past. I do. I'm not touching Kyle. From Rudolph. fantasy years it was past. Terrible. Kyle, Kyle, I like. I would rather you're like hoping for you're hoping for a ten than to have Kyle Rudolph on my team. Again you're hoping for a ten, one catch and a touchdown. For Jordan Reed, for or Kyle, Kyle Rudolph, Kyle, yeah, Kyle three, Rudolph. no, he's three for twenty in a tutty. That's his thing. If if you're lucky. Um, yeah, I guess Olsen, just because Olsen is more of a pass catcher in terms of, like, they don't really ask him block. Yeah, if you don't get a tight end the first, I don't know, I would say top eh, ten. There's some, there's some tight ends. Yeah, there's some. Down. But, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Don't, don't draft Jimmy Graham. Just don't touch him. All right. Anybody else you sour? Not right now. Not well, so far in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, NFC we're still North. early. I mean, it's still, still early, early in the season. I think next week or I next. Mean, this is a very informative podcast. We're 42 <laughs> minutes <laughs> so in. We got we to get going. But we do got a mortgage payment, and it's centered around, um, as you know, because we want to get we want to make people money. And the mortgage payment is very popular. We have our, 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 our gambling guru, the commish. He's going to lay out some bets that he likes that deal with NFC North, some future bets. So help the help the people at home pay their mortgage, Sherry. Uh, what do you want to do first? Like a car payment? Yeah, or let's do the let's do let's do the cell phone. Cell let's phone. do the cell bill. Cell phone. Let's do Vikings right now. Over under win totals on the season is nine. Ooh. <laughs> I think they're right. I'm. I think this is a push. Oh, push. Okay. I think this is a good team. I think the NFC North is the the best division in the NFC. Okay. And okay. I think it's, it's okay. top-heavy with the Vikings, Packers, and Bears. Okay. Yeah, okay. And I, and I think they're battling. I think the Vikings like the are battling. Like yeah. No, no. Okay. I think the Packers, I mean, the Vikings are battling for that last playoff wild card. Uh-huh. And I think they're going to be flirting around eight to nine wins. Okay. So I think, I, I think it might be a push on that. That's one bet I wouldn't really take, but if I had to take, I would say the under. I would take the under, but I'm not as high on the Vikings. Okay. So that's just the cell phone payment. Yeah. All right, paying the Verizon. Uh, let's go. Yeah, let's just do the car payment. Car yeah. payment. Yeah. Lions. Six and a half. So you're saying pretty much you're winning seven games. I'm saying under. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Let me just go bring up their schedule real quick. Go ahead. And I know they they had the last uh, 
So they're playing the last out of the division, so it's an easier schedule. Mm-hmm. But I just do not see the Lions mature. It's the Lions. They open up Cardinals, Chargers at home, but at Philly, then Kansas City top four, and then they get a bye. Yeah, they might be going they could, in one they and three. Could, they could be going one and three, and then they, they come back at the Packers week six off the bye. Yeah, and that's it. And that's a team that just got kicked in the dick, and they're done for the season. Okay, okay. Um, the Boobers are out. They're bringing out. Her schedule's kind of tough, and they play at Denver week 16. Okay, yeah. I can see that. They're bringing out the brown bags again. That could that could be like a three and thirteen team. If they, yeah. but I will say this: they did spend a lot of money on their defense. Yeah, but if that ball gets rolling, I think that team's gonna. Okay. They don't have the the cojones Fair to enough. stick it out. Fair enough. All right, now give me give me the the mortgage payment. This is the one that is gonna be paying the bills. This is the one that, obviously, the people at home are gonna get their nut on. I would bet both of them. Okay. Because I, I both, I said the Bears and the Packers are both at nine and a half. I think the Bears they have one of the hardest schedules. I do believe. I think that's a ten to eleven win team, for sure. Ten. I'm counting. I don't. I do. I think just because they don't win as many games as last year, I think that team is still playoff bound and they're going to make a deep playoff push. That's a, that's a Super Bowl built team based on Mitch Trubisky, and I'm I'm buying the hype. I'm all about Nagy, but I think they only win ten to eleven games. Okay. The Packers, I think, are winning twelve. I think they're winning the division. Wow, you're all in, huh? With the new coach and everything. I I am because their schedule is love. <laughs> Do you want to bring up the Packers schedule real got, quick? They do got a cush schedule. I can do that. Give me a second. Go okay. ahead. Give me the reason. Like I'm saying before, they they open up the Packers. They they can string up a couple victories pretty easily. I mean, they open with the Bears. Yes, correct. Uh, I think Bears. I hate that opening game for the Bears. At they home. go. They go. Um. They go. Bears, Vikings, Broncos, Eagles. Top four. But you, it, you it's back loaded. And I think I think the Packers are making a push. I think both those teams are going to be around yeah, ten to eleven so wins. They end they end with the Forty ers the Giants, the Redskins, the Bears, the Vikings, the Lions. So they could be looking at four and two in the back end. They could be looking at two and two. So that's six wins right there. Okay, okay. I you know you get, you're gonna to have to give some wins up though. I mean, if you think you're high on the Vikings. To, I don't know. I I can see it. I can see it. I I like your. I like they were right your, around. All of them were right around there last I year. I think. I think both of them. I think both of them are ten to eleven. Okay. Fair enough. All right. That's the mortgage payment. Right. Our resident gambling guru, the commission, Randy Hansen, is trying to make you some money. Wow. All right. It may be a little long, but it was well. It was overdue because, you know, we really wanted to get people the um the experience that they've been missing. And hey, we're back, boys. We're back. Yeah, we're back. I thought it was a good, smooth a smooth lounge. I felt very comfortable. So that's good because I was lounging. Um, as always, though, check us out. <laughs> check us out. Instagram, Instagram, Snapchat, oh, Facebook, Twitter. Dave's, hey, Dave's still a Dave's still around, he's still, bro. He's still doing he's still on, on eBay buying every jersey that's yeah, under the sun. Matt Schaub jersey, which yeah, we appreciate. Classic. I do like me some Schaub. But, um, yeah, as always, that's Randy Hansen. I'm Mikey Mack, and remember, it's never too late to come relax at the lounge. Take care, y'all. Good night.